feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And I hope all of you are getting ready for a great Thanksgiving holiday. I'm going to try to enjoy myself a little bit. I'll be doing a couple shows, and I'll be also with you guys tomorrow night. That is the best way to spend Thanksgiving with all of you. And I can't wait to hear how you celebrate it and what you're grateful for. But if you listen to the Biden White House, you should be thankful for Uncle Joe. Can you believe this? They just put out basically a cheat sheet that says Uncle Joe's accomplishments that you can talk about at the dinner table tomorrow or the lunch table, whatever time you have your Thanksgiving dinner. And here are some talking points that you can tell your family about how great Joe Biden has been as president. Basically, you can say, listen, gas prices are down by 135 a gallon since June, and inflation is moderating. Here's a couple other points. One last item for your Thanksgiving dinner and some talking points that when Uncle Joe comes at you about president, when you're sitting there across from your relatives. How insane is this? And also, how desperate does that look that clearly... They know that once you sit across anybody with half a brain, they're going to be Joe Biden stinks. He's the worst. He's sitting there with his family over the holidays. And he is also at a certain time talking with a number of his people. And basically over the holidays, relatives and others are going to be saying, hey, well, what do you think of Joe Biden? What do you think? Because he's sitting there in Nantucket talking with his family and deciding whether or not to do another run for the president. So, of course, it's going to come up, no matter sort of almost every single American Thanksgiving table, basically. It's going to come up where people are going to be talking and saying, well, what do you think of the president? And what do you make of the fact that, you know, President Trump has thrown his name in the hat? Do you like him? Do you like DeSantis? Uh, Do you think that Joe Biden should run? Do you think somebody else should run? Uh, do you think Kamala Harris should be on the ticket? You, you know, at some point during the table, and hopefully you're not throwing mashed potatoes or turkey at somebody that you feel opposite. I hate the, when I hear these stories of families that even if they're on different political ends of the spectrum, that they're not sitting across from each other, they can't even see each other, they can't, you know, even like have a civil discourse, uh, because you gotta at least talk civilly, especially with your relatives and your friends and others that you disagree with. But, You can tell that the White House is definitely in desperate, dire straits because they're trying to put out this cheat sheet saying, here's what you have to say if they bring up Joe Biden's basically poor performance. Here's what you can come back with. You can basically say, yeah, prices have dropped X percent, uh, you know, that basically inflation is now starting to taper off. Uh, Just ignore the last two years. Just ignore the fact that we're no longer energy independent. Just ignore the fact uh, that we could be on, you know, crises with China and Taiwan, with Iran, um, that Ukraine is a total disaster. Just ignore all those things and just talk about what a wonderful, great civil guy Joe Biden is. Of course, remember, who could forget him basically painting 
the whole Republican Party as a threat to democracy. But don't worry about that. If they bring up Uncle Joe, just talk about how lovable and how cuddly he is. Is this just a sign of desperation? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. To me, it just shows that they know that the American public, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, whoever your relatives are, whoever you're sitting with, you know that people are going to be sitting there going, God, this guy just doesn't have a clue. And so far, if you look at the economy, you look at like the trend of this country, even Democrats are saying, you know what, I'm not really sure if I want those guy to run again. He's having a table discussion with his relatives, with he said with Jill and his kids and everybody else and the grandkids with Bo. You know, I mean, with, uh, forgive me, Hunter, with Hunter, uh, because, of course, Hunter is the smartest guy that he knows, remember. And so he's going to be sitting there and saying, should I run again? And. After the midterms, people are saying that Uncle Joe feels emboldened, that he definitely does want to run again, and that he's feeling like, you know, there's a wind in his sails, there's a skip in his step, and that he feels that now maybe he does have a good chance because there wasn't a red wave, so I can hear that. But if you also look at the approval numbers, he has a 39% approval number. That's what just came out a little bit ago. It's not any better. The Democrats, I contend, it wasn't like that they were doing so well during the midterms. First of all, the Republicans did get the House, but the Democrats didn't, like, take a bloodbath, if you will, because of Biden. It was sort of in spite of Biden, believe me. It wasn't like he was, like, giving anybody, like, you know, uh, the big, uh, you know, the big cheering section that people were saying, gosh, I can't wait to vote for this candidate because Joe Biden supports him. I, it was like, uh, Joe Biden, could you sort of stay away and uh, not entangle things for me? So in the middle of all this, there are new polls that actually show some very good news for President Trump. There's a brand new poll. It's an Emerson College poll, and it has Trump up at 55 percent in a hypothetical matchup in a GOP primary with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who comes in second at 25%. That's a huge difference. That is a 30-point lead for the GOP nomination in an Emerson poll, which is usually pretty balanced. Um, So that is a pretty amazing poll for President Trump, who just announced last week that he's running. And he said much of the reason that he's running again, and he, of course, is the first one, to run again, as you know, we've talked about it here on the Rita Cosby show. But much of the reason that he says he jumped in the fray was that he is so unbelievably shocked at how bad Joe Biden has been and how bad he has been for this country. Take a listen. This is, again, what President Trump had to say about Joe Biden's dismal job performance in just two years for America. Joe Biden has intentionally surrendered our energy independence There is no longer even a thought of dominance, and we are now begging for energy help from foreign nations, many of whom find us detestable. Our southern border has been erased, and our country is being invaded by millions and millions of unknown people, many of whom are entering for a very bad and sinister reason. And you know what that reason is. We will be paying a big price for this invasion into our country for years to come. Hundreds of thousands of pounds of deadly drugs, including 
very lethal fentanyl are flooding across the now open and totally porous southern border. The blood-soaked streets of our once great cities are cesspools of violent crimes, which are being watched all over the world as leadership of other countries explain that this is what America and democracy is really all about. How sad. And President Trump says, I'm getting in the fray again because this is not a pretty scene. And he also cited the problems that are helping internationally because of this president, not just domestically, but overseas as well. Take a listen. This is what President Trump said. Instead of jobs and factories leaving America for China, they were for the first time ever leaving China for America. Businesses were pouring back because of our historic tax and regulation cuts, the biggest in both categories in history, bigger even than what Ronald Reagan was able to produce, and he produced a lot. China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea were in check and respected. They respected the United States, and quite honestly, they respected me. I knew them well. I knew them well. So what do you think has been the biggest disaster of President Joe Biden? And what do you make of the fact that the list goes on and on domestically and internationally, as you just heard President Trump talk about? What do you make of the fact that the White House is putting out this tip sheet? And it started even with President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, who put sort of this list on Twitter saying, here is the 80-year-old president's, basically, accomplishments. Uh, do you think it's a short list, a lot shorter than they're claiming? And do you think there's any list that can be? I mean, for him to be bragging about gas prices and inflation, I mean, that is an astounding comment, and it's an astounding commentary on just how sad of a situation it is. I wouldn't be bragging about gas prices because they're still so much higher than when he took office. Inflation is also. So just because you brought it down slightly from where it was, it's still at an enormously high level. And we all feel it as you're going to get your turkey and your stuffing and your cranberry sauce. You feel it. You feel it when you go into the gas station right now. If you're driving over and visiting your friends and family, guess what? We all see it. So for him to say, well, it's slightly down, even though it's double or triple in some cases, even more than it was when he took office. That is like such a backslap, I think, in so many ways. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Isaac, line seven in Pennsylvania. Isaac, your thoughts? Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call, um, Rita. So my question is, so I have a question for Kareem, for her, Kareem Jean-Pierre, because they claim you should be, grateful that the, you know the gas prices are down a little bit so does that mean that she should be she's supposed to be grateful that she could be in that position being sec, you know press secretary back in the day you know based on the united states history she wouldn't be able to do that at all you know what what do you mean uh, what that she doesn't deserve to be so, in that position isaac i'm a little confused where you're going with this no, no, no i'm asking because she, she says that they, we, they claim we're supposed to be grateful to the, to, you know, to the president or whatever, to them that prices are a little bit down. And so my question to her is: Is that should should, should she be grateful 
that that now and now in 2022 she could be press secretary as opposed to back in the day you know with slavery she couldn't you know there was no options for people you know like hers well that well that's a that's a that's a big stretch isaac i mean first off um she clearly i mean whether i agree with her or not and i don't think she's the most successful press secretary i think there have been others who have been much more successful um i mean that's a long leap to go from, uh, you know, uh, history, uh, to go to modern day. Uh, but clearly she has worked in democratic politics a long time. She certainly earned her stripe. Um, and I don't know if I get into like the race issue. I think that that's an enormous, enormous leap, uh, where you're going with this. But I do think, uh, she, maybe she should be grateful for working for this president. I think everybody, uh, that is working for the Biden administration has to clearly toe this sort of party line. I'm not going to get into the race issue with you, but I'll get into the commentary because clearly this is a message that they put out with everybody. Um, and, you know, to me, I think that I don't think she's been one of the more successful. Uh, you know, I'm not, again, talking I don't want to get into color creed or any of that. I'm just talking talents. Do you honestly think, Isaac, that she is one of the better press secretaries? I think uh, Circle Baksaki, for all her circling, uh, still was a little more deft with the verbiage. This one seems to get – she just got downright angry yesterday when they were asking about Fauci. Did you see that? I mean, I don't think she's as skilled as the other ones. Your thoughts? No, of course not. She's definitely not as skilled. However, she doesn't have – she's better at lying. Like, she doesn't have a problem lying – like she has no issues. Like she's like she's just, she doesn't care. She, she, she's like you know she just comes up with some phony baloney, with something she just goes around. She doesn't it doesn't apply to the answer at all. And we on when you know when the only one from Fox, uh, J, um, Peter Ducey asks her, you know, confronts her with the truth. She she's the only one, and she doesn't care. She just lies out front. You know, she's just like that's what she's just she's very she's stupid. You know, yeah, she she's not as deft as the other ones. I'll definitely give you that, Isaac, that she's not as deft as the other ones. And uh, and I think she's also getting a little frustrated, like even yesterday, again, when they asked about the Fauci question and it wasn't Fox yesterday. I think it was a reporter with Daily Caller. A guy named Simon asks her a question and she answers, I'm done. He's not answering. I'm done. Um, and she, you know, on one hand, it's probably a pretty tough job being Joe Biden's press secretary. Can you imagine uh, it's like, uh, he said this, he said to the 82nd Airborne, when you go into Ukraine, oh, he misspoke. Uh, he said, um, you know, uh, if there's chemical weapons, we'll respond in kind. Oh, 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 he didn't mean that. It's like she's got to do correction on aisle seven every single day with this guy. So I also give anybody credit who has to like pretend with a straight face. Uh, that he, you know, is not misspeaking constantly. It's not an easy job being a press secretary for sure for this president. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the talking points that the Biden White House has that say you should be thankful for Uncle Joe, that gas prices are down slightly, inflation is down slightly, 
that's like saying, uh, he's not that ugly. You know, it's like, it's not that bad. You know what? We all feel it when you go to the gas station. We all feel it when we go to the grocery store. What are we thankful for? You know, this guy should have brought it down way before. And had he made us energy independent, had he just kept Trump's policies, we would have been doing so much better, so much better, as would our allies. And I'm really worried because the weather's changing in so many parts of the country. It is getting cold outside. Uh, and I'm very worried as prices are going up, gas, oil, heating oil. Uh, there's going to be so many issues coming up because of the fact that we are no longer energy independent. Remember, he killed Keystone Pipeline. And boy, how does he deserve a thank you when you go to the gas station? That, to me, is the biggest slap in the face. one 800 848 one 800 848 Let's go to Pete, uh, line six. Pete, your thoughts about all of this. What do you think, Pete? I mean, happy Thanksgiving, and you're going to be working uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I have news for you. I will be glued to the radio. Uh, oh. You know, when you're off the when you're off the weekends, it's like uh, my wife and I. We say there's a void. You know, we listen to the other shows, but it's not the same. Oh, you Pete, are thank the you. Voice of reason, and we all love you. Thank you, and Pete, I love you, and give your wonderful wife Renee a big hug and a happy Thanksgiving from me too. And I'll be—I'm glad I'm going to be with all of you guys. How great! So that'll be wonderful to spend Thanksgiving with you, both of you. And I'm glad you're going to be tuned in, Pete. Thanks so much. Definitely, definitely. Now, Pete, what do you make of uh, Joe Biden and this list that he put out? Isn't this insane, Pete? Here is the list. Basically, to thank him for prices down 135 a gallon since June. Inflation is moderating. It's like, oh, it's not that bad. Um, you know, it's like you hear the talking points, basically, when you're sitting across the dinner table from your wife or friends to, to defend Joe Biden's honor. Well, I'll be with all Republicans tomorrow with my family. Usually my daughter will invite a couple of friends, and they're like, you know, totally, uh, they don't know what's going on. They don't even watch the news. That's the funny part. They don't watch the news, but yet they don't read newspapers, but they know all about politics, and it's so ridiculous. So they are not, my daughter says, they are not going to be invited. They have other places to go, and I say, hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, Pete, I knew you were my kind of guy. Although, you know, it, you know, it, it's hard to like in this day and age, especially when people are at the table and they're like, you know, Joe Biden is a pretty nice guy, you know, or Joe Biden is doing a great job. It's like, uh, what, what is he drinking? I'll take 10 of those. <laughs> Pete, thank you very That's- much. It's so great. And happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Let's go to Judith, uh, line seven. Judith, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, so nice to hear you. And you're such a gracious lady. I'm really impressed with the way you handle everybody so graciously. It's wonderful. Oh, thank um, you. And happy th- early yeah, Thanksgiving, really. too. Yeah, to you, too. And I, I, I want to tell you, I thank God we're still an American, no matter what, I have to tell you that. But, um, Rita, the reason the gas prices have come down a little bit is because this lying whatever, Manchurian president, I can't stand him, he basically took the reserves that President Trump saved and accumulated for emergency situations, okay? He went and he drained the whole thing out. So we're basically down to almost nothing. So guess what, people? The gas prices are going to go up. So it's just a bunch of bluffs. 
He just believes. You know what? This is a war on truth. I feel we're on a war on truth, Rita. You know, you know? that's Judith. That is a great, great point. Um, we're going to talk about it after the break, everybody. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, where we honor our great law enforcement and also their families, a powerful story coming from Jacksonville, Florida, where a police officer who doesn't know how to swim jumped into murky waters of a retention pond without hesitation, determined to save a drowning infant. Dramatic body cam footage of the nail-biting moment shows Officer Sanderson administering CPR and chest compressions before she is relieved by two corresponding officers, running with all her might towards a man-made pond surrounded by homes located in the Westwood neighborhood of Jacksonville. The daring rescue was caught on the officer's body cam video. Now, the graphic footage, distressing at times, shows the officer rushing towards the pond and yelling at, Yelling out, where is the baby at? As an unidentified woman cries out, over there, over there, the baby's in the pond. Once Officer Sanderson rescues the child, she is seen performing CPR and chest compressions on the ailing infant, shouting, come on, baby, come on, baby. The officer is heard screaming. Sanderson's life-saving actions saved the life of that little infant. What a beautiful story. Captain Christopher Scott with the Jacksonville Fire and Rescue Department issued a letter to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office praising the efforts of Officer Sanderson, saying that her actions were quick and decisive. Her actions, while putting her own life at tremendous risk, undoubtedly saved the child's life. What a great story and what a beautiful tribute to our great men and women in blue who do extraordinary things like this officer who doesn't know how to swim, jumping into the pond to save an infant's life. And what a beautiful, happy ending this story has. Well, we are talking about the fact that the White House just recently put out this list of political talking points for Uncle Biden, basically. When you're across the table tomorrow with your family and friends and your relatives, and they're saying, you know, well, I'm not really sure about this Joe Biden. Uh, he's kind of seems half awake can't really speak, and what the heck has he done domestically and internationally? Well, they basically gave you a cheat sheet and said, uh, well, gas prices are down X, inflation is moderating, um, taxes will uh, come down at some point. Uh, it's not a very impressive list, and that's because he hasn't done very much. And we're going to be putting up a new podcast uh, later on this week. I interviewed Nick Adams, who is a 2020 Trump surrogate from the campaign 2020 of Trump. He's also a best-selling author, and he has a new book out about the most dangerous president in history, and he says it's Joe Biden. And this is why he says that Biden is so disastrous, not just for America, but for the world. Here's a little clip and a little preview of a new edition of Protecting America, my conversation with best-selling author Nick Adams. Take a listen. Tell us why you think President Biden is the most dangerous president in history. 
Well, the greatest challenge with this book, reader, the most dangerous president in history, was condensing it into a form that people could actually read. Because anybody that's observed the last two years will tell you that there is more than a multitude of ways that President Biden constitutes the gravest danger that we've ever had here in the US. You could really write an encyclopedia on it. Where do you begin? Is it the people that are behind him that are pulling the strings? Is it his very clear cognitive decline, his senility, his dementia? Is it his policies, the administration? Is it the corruption of his own family, unprecedented really, in terms of his son and his brother and himself as the big guy? The media have been running this protection racket for Biden for the last almost 50 years, and they have carefully crafted this image of Biden as this working-class guy from Scranton that is an everyday, regular, ordinary American and a safe pair of hands and not an extreme person, and nothing could be further from the truth. And that's why my book is doing so well, Rita, right now. It's because it blows the lid of everything that the media and the elites and the Democrats have been hiding about Joe Biden for so long. It exposes so much of it. And I like to say that Democrats or the people that are running the show have Joe Biden exactly where they want him, senile and in the White House. Senile and in the White House. That is according to Nick Adams. That's how he describes Joe Biden, as opposed to the little cheat sheet that the White House wants you to look at tonight. 1-800-848-9222. 
um, it was such a different feel than Joe Biden. I mean, even though people thought Trump was maybe a contained Trump, boy, what a contrast to Biden. Biden on his most energetic day um, is like, you know, like feels like he's half awake, you know, shaking ghosts on the stage. And, and just like you said, a lot of his policies, they are shocking to me, Phil. And, and you and I have talked about this here on the show, and we're going to talk about it later on about the border. Um, you think about even some of the policies that he's done in terms of making us no longer energy independent. I mean, what kind of American president at a time where there is a war basically also involving oil tremendously vis-a-vis Russia um, and China and all these other you know players in the world at such a dangerous time, Iran, all these other things. And we're sitting here at a position where we're groveling with dictators because our president has decided to put in windmills, Phil. It's just it's it's unconscionable. I mean, it really is. It's shocking how his policies have been diametrically opposed, just like you said, to many American interests. It's like it's like, is he a president of America or which country is he, Phil? He's he's there to basically diminish and reduce this, the, the worth of the United States of America. Look, I, I was in the service, and I'm proud for that. And I, I will stand up again, even at my old age now. I will go readily to defend this country. Can, can the Democrats say that? They can't say that. They're not, they're not interested in defending the country. Otherwise, who would allow this, like you said before, the border crisis? How would you allow tens, you know, 10 million people just to walk across? Who have no no basis in any any credible documentation. Just half of them come across the border, and they're 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 selling. They wind up selling vegetables on the street twelve hours a day. Is this what they came to America for? Right. It's it's a. It's not what they came to America for. And by the way, even some of the conditions to fill they're horrendous. And the fact that Democrats are never complaining about some of these abysmal conditions that they're coming to America in. I mean, they're coming in the back of these, you know, trucks where, uh, you know, no air conditioning during the hot summer months, no heat in the, you know, in the cold months, no food, no water. Remember those horrible cases outside San Antonio where many of them were found dead. Many of the women are being raped. I mean, it's just they're horrible conditions. Where are the Democrats complaining about human rights there? You know, I mean, it is... It is shocking. Um, Phil, thank you so much. And you have a great Thanksgiving. And I'll be with you guys tomorrow night, Phil. So hopefully, hope you'll tune in tomorrow night and we can have a good Thanksgiving together. Cap it off. Thank you. Any, any credible documentation. Just half of them. Oops, I'm losing you there, Phil. But have a great, great Thanksgiving. And here's a little bit of President Trump, by the way, talking about the contrast between him and President Biden. This is what he said last week to what Phil was talking about. Now we have a president who falls asleep at global conferences, (laughs) was held in contempt by the British Parliament over Afghanistan. Thanks to the words of wisdom, he said thank you to the wrong country for inviting him to a major summit on the environment, of all things. They fly for days to get there and then... He calls the country a name that was actually a country on another continent. (laughs) And he's leading us to the brink of nuclear war, a concept unimaginable just two short years ago. You cannot mention the nuclear word. It's too devastating. The Green New Deal and the environment, which they say may affect us in 300 years, 
is all that is talked about, and yet nuclear weapons, which would destroy the world immediately, are never even discussed as a major threat. Can you imagine? And President Trump also says that under this current president, there is a whole different perception of him throughout the globe and that America has been diminished. Here's a little bit more of what he said. Something is wrong with their thinking under Biden and the radical Democrats. America has been mocked, derided and brought to its knees, perhaps like never before. But we are here tonight to declare that it does not have to be this way. What a sad testament America brought to its knees. And think about what a contrast it is to what President Trump had done and the perception of America at that time. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe. Um, line four, your thoughts about all of this, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Hi. Now, uh, first, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, I wish you all the very best to you and all your loved ones and the listeners to this radio. Thank you very much. And, Joe, you too. Thank you very much indeed. Listen, basics, extreme basics. Uh, uh, You know, a person uh, on the street will understand and realize what's going on vis-a-vis the prices that they're uh, paying, you know, when they go to buy anything, uh, gasoline, you know, even a loaf of bread. Now, let's say simply a particular grocery store raises the price of a loaf of bread, you know, uh, to uh, from $3 to $6, and then within a few days comes back and makes a huge proclamation, puts up a sign saying, look at me. Look at our prices have dropped dramatically, selling at 450 for example, $5. The same thing has happened vis-a-vis our economy under the administration. Under uh, President Trump, inflation was around 2% at the worst. Then it jumped up to 14% when the a new administration, the current administration, took over. And then he, the president, Trump, and his uh, you know, underlings, they are proclaiming that they're bringing down the prices. Well, they raised inflation to 10% from 2%. Uh, 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 of course, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, you know. Actually, it's supposed to be 14%, but most things, it's, it went up to 10% maximally. So then now they're claiming, look at us. You know, we are bringing down prices. Right, right, right. No, you know what? But who raised the prices? They raised the prices to the skies, and now they're bringing down a little bit at a time, and they're making a big deal that they're bringing down prices, uh, the price of gasoline, etc. It's just absurd. It is absurd. And by the way, Joe, you gave a great example, because you're right. He created the inflation, and he, with all his exorbitant spending, And all these, you know, the quote, he called it the inflation reduction bill, which was an inflation creation bill exponentially. Um, So you got that and all the other things that with all the handouts and all the other things and continuing to do it because he's still trying to push for the student loan stuff, even though all the courts are stepping in and trying to block him at every single turn. 
But no matter what, he's it's spend, 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 spend. And it's created this cycle of inflation. I mean, everyone sees it. Everyone knows it. And then he's trying to somehow take credit, just like you said, by bringing down the loaf of bread, which was a great example, from $6 to $5 when it was at $1.1, and saying, hey, look, I brought it down a dollar, you know, but forget about the fact that I raised it five to begin with. I mean, it is such phony math. And your point is brilliant, Joe. And to me, uh, it is just it, it's pathetic. It's a pathetic attempt by an administration that I think has just been so abysmal. And I think we all feel it. And sadly, we feel it this holiday because turkeys are up. I mean, turkeys are up in some places by ten dollars. I mean, that's an enormous amount of money. A, a turkey, the average many turkeys are up about ten dollars each. That's a lot. Gas is up so much more. Um, so even if you brought it down, what, a dollar, it's still up another eight or nine to begin with. You know, it's like, do the math. It, it is not a pretty scene. And he can't keep blaming Russia, 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 which is what he tries to do every time, even though inflation was up before Russia, Mr. President. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And President Trump says he is running again this weekend, by the way. This holiday weekend is when Biden will decide, he said probably at the Thanksgiving table with his relatives, whether he's going to run again. He said most likely after the Thanksgiving holiday. So we might even get an answer as early as next week. And Trump said in his announcement that he has one mission and one mission in mind. I will ensure that Joe Biden does not receive four more years in 2020. Can't do it. I will ensure Joe Biden does not get four more years. Can America handle four more years? Can the economy handle four more years? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan, line one. Stan, your thoughts about all this? Uh, I think there are many Republicans who are saying we don't want Donald Trump to run in uh, the next four years and be president. There are many of them who are, who are about to say it, whether you like it or I like it, which I don't. <laughs> but I was uh, about to say you like it, Stan. Wait no, a minute. No, hey, wait like a minute it. there. I would wait like a minute. him to run so we could be defeated, but that's another story. But anyway, now, hey, Stan, let me ask you, though. Sure. Um, How are you? By the way, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your bird. Thank you very much. You too, Stan. Okay, I hope you have a bye. great it's, one with your family. What right. do you make of this uh, this poll? This is an Emerson poll, and Emerson is usually very balanced. Know. Tell me about it. I didn't hear about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's a new poll. It's Emerson College, of course, yeah. in Massachusetts, you know, yeah. reputable school. They do some yeah. polling. It shows that if there were to be a matchup now, a hypothetical 2024 GOP matchup, it shows Trump 30 points ahead of Ron DeSantis. Uh, That's a big difference. Okay. How about against uh, Biden? Does it say anything about that? It is not a Biden one. This is just a GOP one. This one. This one. And and there have been other ones before where they're they're pretty close when you look at them. 30 points is is, is big. But here's the thing. It's it, now it's 30 points. What will it be in two years? There's a, you know, two, two years is a long time in politics, Rita. Come on. You know that. It is. Anything, now, do you want Biden to run again, Stan? Because he may make a decision must, this you weekend. Know me, I'm a Democrat. You know, I can't stand Trump. I must be honest. I don't know. I'm wow. See, Stan, I knew I'd get you to that point. Wait a minute. Wow. Let, me, let me explain why. Uh, I think he can beat him. There's no doubt in my mind. The question is. 
And uh, considering that Trump supposedly has all his faculties but has made the worst mistakes in presidential history, I think Joe will say to himself – and here's the thing. The wife, Jill, she's the power. There's nobody else, no, no Democrats. It'll be Jill that say, Joe, let's go home, or she'll say, hey, let's do it one more time. It'll be her. You know it better than me. It'll be her that'll say to him – what you know? Yes or no? Yeah, and I, I agree. I agree that she is pulling and the strings. And if he runs, he'll run, and uh, he'll have just as good. As, unless he drops dead before the election. I, I was going to now stand, and obviously, listen. I certainly I don't, don't want him. I want no. him to live a long time, and I want everybody to live a long yeah. time too. Um, yeah, but but, but he, is, he does think, he have the stamina? I, does he look, have the mental faculties? He's an old eighty, Stan. Yeah, there are we, people we, who are we, eighty and spry. He's not a spry eighty. Rita. We've under let's be honest, in the last couple of months and so we've underestimated this guy constantly. We thought that you know, you thought and this station thought it was the red wave and this guy's gonna they're gonna slam him to the ground. It didn't happen. He made statements and so he made speeches. Never underestimate this guy. When you think he's down, he's up. Even if you're right, seventy eight, eighty he's gonna be he's eighty years old, mazel tough as they say in my tribe. But I do not underestimate this guy. You know, he can come back and so forth. Or, or Stan, or Stan, he could hide out in the basement nah, like he did last time because that worked it, last time for him. Look, he debated Trump. He, he spit him up and threw him out. He d- destroyed him. Well, when see, he here, here is two two things. I yeah. disagree. First off, right. I don't think he he dominated the debate. He won, he he won like, the election how he won. No, he didn't. I didn't think oh, so. Okay. By the way, and a lot of people sure. didn't either. Stan, I, and I would be honest if I thought he did. Well, I we, did we have President you know. Biden. Well, we have President, not President Trump. We have Biden's president, ex president. So go ahead. Uh, yeah, but please. but now Biden has a record too. There are two things oh, yeah, to go on. Absolutely. And no, as, I agree. And by the way, as does Trump, because Trump can now come back and say, hey, I told you I was going to do this. Here's what the economy did. Here's what I did while I was president. He does have some things he can definitely tout big time. And Biden, there's not much that he can tout. You know, so you're wrong on that part. You're absolutely wrong. By the way, I was listening to Bloomberg and their economists say the economy may not go recession till maybe a year or so. Well, so let's it's still I listen. Employment and things could go better. Let's pray that that's right. I hope that, you know, Happy I want the best for this country. You. You, Happy holiday to you. You too, my friend. Thank you very Bye-bye. much, Stan. And we're going to continue, everybody, with your call. Stan thinks that Biden somehow could pull it out again. If Jill says it's okay, because you know that Biden isn't making the calls. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, Joe Biden will be in Nantucket for Thanksgiving. I hope all of you have a terrific Thanksgiving with your family and friends and President Trump's getting some good news. Some of the new polls that are coming out, as I just mentioned, this one from Emerson College, a lot of people are talking about it, shows that President Trump has a 30-point lead in the race over Joe Biden. What's interesting, um, voters who are 50 to 64 years old break overwhelmingly to Trump um, at 54 to 32 percent, big amount. Um, those who are 65 and older uh, basically are split between a hypothetical matchup with Trump 
and DeSantis. So far, Trump is, again, the only person who has indicated he is definitely running for president. But I think it was a smart move to jump in the fray. And now everybody basically will be a challenger to Trump, whether they're on the Republican side or on the Democrat side. And this comes as he has a great story to tell as we're talking about a dwindling economy and so many of the problems that we're facing, which we're seeing every day when we're going to the grocery store and all the other problems that so many of us are having. Um, by the way, I always love reading your tweets on the show here on the Rita Cosby show. So keep them coming. Send them to at Rita Cosby. Here's a comment from Sal. It says, Rita, now that we are energy dependent and our emergency oil and gas supplies have been severely depleted in the event of a natural or military emergency, what will President Biden do? And that's a really scary premise, Sal. Will he invoke the Defense Production Act to boost the production of olive oil to com- compensate? Um, obviously, what are we going to do? It's a great point. And how sad. You're right, because we don't have a backup, as you point out, Sal. You know, he tapped into our strategic emergency reserves. That's why we were able to bring down some of the prices of the gas. But you can't keep tapping into it unless you start production or you get a refill from somewhere. And that's why he's been like going around with a tin cup to Saudi Arabia. He's been going around with a tin cup to Venezuela. He's been going around with a tin cup anywhere trying to get oil. And, of course, President Trump, sure enough, of course, is highlighting this and saying, listen, when he was president, things were not bad because there was energy independence. And he had a good economic plan. Remember, he said this last week when he made that announcement. This America is- was prospering and our country was on track for an amazing future because I made big promises to the American people. And unlike other presidents, I kept my promises. I kept them. Yeah, and this president, the current one, is putting us in a dire circumstance, which Sal so eloquently points out. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm, uh, line eight. Norm, your thoughts about this president as he's deciding this weekend whether or not he should run again. <laughs> what do you think, Norm? Uh, hi, Rita. Yeah, Joe Biden should sit out 2024. He should shoot for 2028. By then, he'll be well-rested and raring to go. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the kind of shape he's going to be in? I don't know. You know, and Norm, and, you know, it's. I obviously, I wish everybody well, and I wish this president well. You know, you want him to stay healthy and happy. But but you sit there and go, how is he going to get through another two years? He just looks like he looks exhausted at every turn. He won't. Um... He won't. Uh, Michelle Obama's in the uh, beauty parlor now getting ready. Yeah, well, you could tell. Apparently, by the way, she is apparently talking to people about raring up for 2024. Uh, and yeah. I think that was the plan. But, boy, she's been a disaster, too, Norm. Oh, how, well, I, I, listen, I, she's an Obama. Of course, I think she's a disaster. But why do you think she's an what, why, about what? Just curious. Well, I think her delivery has been horrible. I think she's, you know, everything, her cackling, her laughing, um, she doesn't seem up to the task. I think, I think about, you know, one defining moment that was really abysmal was when she was over in Poland and she's standing next to President Duda of Poland. And, you know, a reporter asked her a very serious question about the refugees, about the millions of refugees. You know, what's going to happen? Will America take some in? 
And she starts like laughing, like, and then gave that crazy line. Remember, a friend in need is a friend indeed. Ah, yes, 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 yes. That just to well, me epitomizes I... her lack of statesmanship. Oh yeah. Well, I certainly feel she's ill-equipped to be president of the United States. I mean, I thought her husband was ill-equipped to be president of the United States, let alone her. So I don't know, but uh, that's what the, uh, that's what the, that's who the Democrats are going to run. I mean, that's that's what I predict. Yes, he, I think they're looking for another Hail Mary. I think they're I, first yeah. off, I think, you know, it's funny, some Democrats norm after the midterms, which didn't turn out to be a red wave, obviously. But mm-hmm. but the GOP is getting the House. So that is going to make a lot of things different with investigations yeah. and so forth. But um, but because it wasn't, you know, so disastrous to the Democratic Party, my first thought was, oh, God, you know, Obama's, you know, Biden's going to take this as emboldening him. And it sure did. I mean, the next day he couldn't Mm -hmm. wait to go out and do a press conference. And so I think there are a lot of people in the Democratic Party um, who obviously are happy with the results, but are upset that it emboldened this president, because I think there are a lot of people would like to get rid of him within the party norm. Right. I don't think Biden was emboldened. I think his uh, I think Susan Rice and Barack Obama and all those people, you know, they wrote him something to say and he said it i don't i don't think i don't think there was any cognizance on his part about uh you know emboldened or i don't, I don't you, you think he's so know. detached I, he can't even feel he can't even see uh a good win for yeah, them or at least a decent Joe win wants an ice cream cone and a nap in rehoboth <laughs> well he's gonna get one this weekend norm have a great yes, great thanksgiving will. thanks yeah, so much welcome. thanks bye, norm bye, you too, my friend. Let's go to Mike in Myrtle Beach on Line 5 uh, from beautiful Myrtle Beach. Go ahead, Mike. How you doing, Rita? Yes, beautiful Myrtle Beach. I'm down here with a snowbird. I'll tell you what, I enjoy your show. Um, you know, before the break, I was laughing. And that guy, are you kidding me, man? You thought uh, Joe Biden chewed up and spit out Donald Trump on a debate? Are you kidding me? I know. I had to laugh. You heard what I said. I was like, I, I was like, you're, I, what debate? You know, what are you talking about? Come on. What are you talking about? And he goes, Mazel. Well, Mazel to you, man. I mean, wake up and smell the coffee, dude. Uh, he doesn't have the mental capacity to be a bad dog catcher. And I like dogs. But <laughs> give me a break. Give yeah, me for, a break. I know uh, for him. And remember, you heard what I even said. I remember, you know, even the debate. He was fading. And the other thing, too, and, uh, you know, we had to we had to get to a hard break. But one of the things I thought about at the time, Mike, uh, and I had to cut Stan off because we were towards the end of the show there that hour. But I wanted to think about the moment in the debate where, remember, Trump kept bringing up Hunter Biden, too. And this, I think, is going to be an enormous eyesore for this president, the current president, because the, the media gave him a pass you know trump kept asking what about hunter what about hunter what about hunter remember and then and and biden basically said oh that's you know that's russian what are you doing russian disinformation man and then um you know the moderator of the debate was like okay let's move on and and trump's like wait 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 well now we know sadly here it is two years later cbs just a few days ago conceded yeah it's a true story we all knew it was all the uh, many other members of the media have already admitted and now right. the gop is going to start investigating they're going to start looking for bank records they're going to look for phone records they will have subpoena power so guess what if it turns out to be biden against trump again on that stage 
uh, that moderator will have to have the responsibility of saying, well, wait a minute, Mr. President, this, this, and this is are in your records. It's not Russian disinformation. There, there could be a lot of ugly stuff that comes out about the Biden family between now and then. Two years is a long time to get a lot of grilling in there and a lot of investigative work, Mike. Exactly right, Rita. If I could finish with this, I know you got people on deck. You know what? Um, as an Italian, proud to be, he sounds like a stunad. <laughs> I, I said for years, why don't you get Biden a 50-foot teleprompter? You know, that's what he needs because the stream of consciousness, he, he is about as stunad as any president we've ever had in the history of our great country. And Hunter Biden, the, the young man with convenient amnesia, I hope they get everything they can on him. They're both shakedown artists, the president and his psycho son. Well, that's why if they start grilling, there's no way, Mike, that you can tell me that that guy, I'm talking about Hunter Biden for sure, and let's see where it goes with the father, that he was paid tens of millions of dollars. I mean, give me a break. You are right on. He is definitely a stunad, appropriately. Mike. (laughs) And by the way, Mike, I went to University of South Carolina, so take good care of Myrtle Beach, my friend. I love it down here, and I know you got the history, and Rita, keep doing what you're doing. That's why I'll be tuned in uh, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Give thanks for what you have. Thank you 1,000%, Mike. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Beautiful message. Take good care of beautiful, beautiful South Carolina. Thank you. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania, Line 8. Uh, Dave, your thoughts about all of this. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking calling, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your and your team. Um, my, I just think that, um, you know, Joe Biden is obviously not going to be running. I think even if they impeach him, I think he'll resign and we'll be doing him a, the Democratic Party a favor. So I really hope that if they go for impeachment, that's an impeachment of the Democratic Party agenda. Uh, but then when you were talking about who can run if Biden doesn't run, it seems to me if Joe Biden could be a candidate, almost anybody could be a candidate. I mean, the guy just stayed in the closet. I mean, the basement. What what made him so special as a candidate in the first place? It seems like whatever they're going to do, it, it could be anybody could run. Because I mean, Joe Biden is not exactly the most ideal. He was never the most ideal candidate to begin with. So I'm, I'm a little perplexed by that. No, that's right. And you know what I'm thinking of, Dave? Sadly, I'm thinking of John Fetterman. How about that guy in Pennsylvania? Like, if somebody said after that debate, if that didn't do that guy in. For candidacy, granted, they had so many early votes because, remember, they were able to do a lot of early voting in Pennsylvania. So it was like near impossible for Oz to catch up, even though the debate was a disaster. But the debate was so late into the campaign cycle intentionally, I'm sure, by the Fetterman camp. Um, because they didn't want to show his face and, 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 and the way his delivery was, you know, his lack thereof and the, all the skills, the closed captioning and all that. But if that guy could get elected and if Biden can get elected, you know, those two, it's like, you're right. Um, it's like anybody could. And, and they may try the same strategy again. I mean, that's a sad thing, Dave. They may try the same strategy again of putting somebody in the basement the whole time, delaying debates because it clearly worked in the Fetterman, uh, race. And whether that half goes into the presidential race or whether that goes into future congressional races, that saddens me because the American public disease deserves to see people. And I think you often get a great perspective of who you want to vote for when you look at them and you see them on the debate stage. You hear their policies. You hear how they can handle tough questions. And I think had that debate happened with Fetterman, I mean, I would hope 
I would hope that he wouldn't have gotten those 700,000 votes because that guy is just, I mean, he's clueless. I mean, that's shocking, Dave. He makes, he makes, he makes, um, Biden look like William Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. And I think to your point, I mean, this may be the new strategy. The Democratic Party in collusion with, let's say, 80% of the news media is in the can for the Democrats. It just, it's just going to be a, 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 I guess a media, campaign you know you don't really see the candidate and then they can control and hide them and they could just basically manipulate them as a puppet like biden to do whatever the 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 people behind the the puppet strings or the true puppet masters want to get done you never really know who's in charge and it seems like that may be the future strategy it's well let's put it this way it worked for joe biden and and to some extent for fetterman and how sad is that because we the american public lose out um, you know, by this manipulation, by not seeing the real people and not seeing if they can really handle the heat against another candidate. I mean, even in New York, by the way, in New York, uh, you know, remember there was one debate. It came together last minute for the governor's race. I'm talking about and Lee Zeldin did a great job. And I think had there been a second debate, um, he might have taken the lead handily. I mean, he was he was definitely surging in a good way, moving up, moving up, moving up. And you wonder, had there been a second debate? Um, with Fetterman and had it happened earlier, the first debate, uh, so many things could have changed. And and I hope this isn't a formula for the future that the media allows for them to get away with not doing these kind of debates, because that is such a disservice to all of us. And, and just like you said, it's like, uh, how did that guy end up there? And how and after the midterms, he's now, oh, I'm going to run again. You're like, oh, my God, I'm thinking. Is he going to make it up the stairs, let alone run for president a second time? Wow, wow, wow. David, have a great, great Thanksgiving with you and your family, Dave. Thanks so much, Dave. Thanks so much. You too. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. your friends and family tomorrow. You might be squeezing your stomach after some turkey and cranberry. Happy, happy Thanksgiving to all of you as you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Love being with all of you tonight. And by the way, coming up in the next half hour, we're going to be doing our support to our heroes because it is so important this holiday season. There are so many of our brave men and women that are now overseas defending us on the front lines and some very difficult hot spots around the world. Uh, you know, some of them are there in Poland, uh, right on the border of Ukraine. We know we got the 82nd Airborne there. We've got folks all over different spots around the world. And I'm thinking of them so much this holiday time because a lot of them, you know, far away from family, far away from friends. Um, so keep them in your thoughts and prayers this holiday. And I always love doing our Support Our Heroes segment, where we get to honor our great military and also their families. We're also going to be talking about the fact that the White House is now firing back 
at Kevin McCarthy, set to be the House Speaker, with the GOP taking the majority of the House soon, starting in January, with the new Congress. And the White House basically saying him criticizing Mayorkas is a political stunt. And what do you mean there's a problem at the border? There's no problem at the border. What are they talking about? This is like alternate universe from these people. We're going to talk about that coming up after the break. Meantime, we are talking, of course, about Joe Biden and what a disaster he has been with the border. He won't even visit the border. I mean, it's like they're ignoring so many problems and they just don't seem to care. And yet they're giving a bunch of talking points that you can give to your family if they criticize Uncle Joe over the Thanksgiving dinner table. Boy, I'm going to need a lot more talking points than this because there's a lot they can talk about. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jay on line one. Jay, your thoughts about this? Hi, how are you? I enjoy listening to your program a lot. Thank and, you, Jay. Uh, I especially appreciate the time and attention you give your callers. I um, I just wanted to mention about this this list of talking points. I've been listening to you know the easy shots that we take at uh, basically ripping apart every line of it, and we could laugh at what a joke this whole thing is. But quite frankly, I'm more scared than entertain, because I look at this more as another example of the Democratic Party leftist fascist style of, I don't know whether to call it brainwashing or indoctrination, where now we have to sit around our Thanksgiving dinner and declare how great President Biden you know what? That's an interesting point, Jay. You know what? That That is a fascinating point that, like, it's sort of like, here are the words that you are supposed to speak, that you're allowed to speak at the dinner table. It's almost like you would get in communist China. That That is a great, great point. Um, and how scary is that, that it's like, here's just pre-formulated, you know, formulated messages. And you're right, it is. It's more ominous than... Then funny. Fabulous point. Jay, thank you very much and have a great, great Thanksgiving. Let's go to Rick. Line two. Um, Jay just made a superb point there that it's sort of like indoctrination. Here's what you shall say about Joe Biden. Hey, Rita. Happy birthday and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Rick, very much. Thank you. I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful for your screener who I haven't got his name yet, but thank him for me for taking my calls. I will. I will. And we love hearing from you. What do you make, Rick, too, of, of these, like, talking points coming from the White House? Oh, I we listen to anything that they say. Everything is lies. I, I wanted to say that I was thankful that Joe Biden is not within sniffing distance of my nieces, for one thing. <laughs> yeah, that's and, true. He's the sniffer-in-chief. I forgot about that. Good point. And, uh, I'm also thankful that I didn't die in an ion battery fire this year because I fell for the global warming scam. Yeah, and you know the sad thing is, Rick, he doesn't seem to want to change that. He doesn't want to seem to go off course, even though it's it's killing us from an economic perspective, this green energy policy. And he's also just signed off on $1 billion of reparations to poorer countries for U.S. climate impact. Figure that one out. This guy is off his rocker. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Minnesota, where after a few years of not having a Veterans Day ceremony due to COVID-19 pandemic, Orono High School returned to a tradition of hosting a Veterans Day ceremony. Last Friday on November 11th, community members gathered in the high school gymnasium to honor those who have served and currently serve our nation in the military. One of them was Jamie Buccino. He is an Army sergeant, and he spoke to a gymnasium filled with students, veterans, local mayors, honored guests, and community members. During his keynote, he spoke about his experience facing an overcoming fear during his service in Iraq. He also discussed the power of believing in yourself. He said, don't let fear control you. Choose to believe in you. Surround yourself with those who believe in your dreams and distance yourself from those who don't. When you are willing to never give up on yourself, all of your dreams are within your grasp. What a great, great, powerful speech as they were honoring him and all veterans continuing their great ceremony. And especially, I love the fact uh, that not only local citizens, but also uh, younger ones as well, not just the veterans and mayors, but also students filling that gymnasium, learning about real-life heroes. Well, we are talking about what's going on at the U.S. southern border. Who could forget uh, this is cut 8A, and this is Kevin McCarthy, because he was talking yesterday. He was out at the border with a whole bunch of other Republicans who were there, and they were talking about just how bad the situation is at the border and what a disaster it is. And I thought this was such a powerful, powerful analogy that he gave of the contrast of how when President Trump was there, it was definitely not an open border. Now, under President Biden, 5.5 million illegals have crossed the border basically in the last two years. And he said much of it also is bringing the illegal drug fentanyl, which is just so toxic. And the numbers of American lives that have been claimed because of fentanyl that's come through our southern border, our very poor southern border, he equated it. Listen to this, to a plane crashing in America every single day. Take a listen. Under Secretary Mayorkas, his deliberate suspensions of our laws have proved deadly. Fentanyl is now flowing in record amounts. Today, 300 Americans will be poisoned and die. Tomorrow, 300 more. It is the equivalent of an airline crashing each and every day in America. Like an airline crashing every single day in America. And so here he is saying that right now this open border created by the Biden administration has been such a huge risk 
to American national security. This is what he said yesterday. Our nation has never been so at risk, and their job has never been harder. Those brave men and women risk their lives every day to protect the American citizens from the consequences of illegal border crossings. Together, we bear witness to the worst border crisis in the U.S. history. The worst border crisis in American history. And so the members of Congress from the GOP side said there has to be somebody held accountable, like a Biden or especially the head of Homeland Security. First of all, Biden doesn't even want to go to the border. As we're talking about this list that the White House put out of like Biden's accomplishments, you certainly can't put the border in that accomplishment list, which is a very small list, by the way. But the border has been just such an enormous crisis, I think. And so I thought it was obviously a smart move that the Republicans came out and said, listen, Mayorkas has got to go or else. This is what Congressman Brian Babin said. Take a listen. Alejandro Mayorkas, our Secretary of uh, Homeland, abandoned his sworn oath. He should resign or be impeached immediately. Uh, rather than immediately, though, as, as our Speaker-designate uh, said, uh, we will give uh, give him approximately 44 days of a January the 3rd. Let me tell you something. He's a disaster. He's killing people, Americans and uh, migrants themselves. He must resign. Our investigations and proceedings leading to impeachment will commence on January the 3rd. So resign immediately or get ready because there will be impeachment proceedings against you. And remember, on January 3rd, like he's talking about, that is when Republicans are going to be taking over the House and are going to be able to subpoena Mayorkas. Find out what do they know? Why are they intentionally keeping the border wide open? And so... Corinne Jean-Pierre, this is the one thing I have just, I I hate this so much. When the White House gets asked a question uh, yesterday, you know, Fauci was asked a question. He's like, oh, no, 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 we're not going there. Let's move on about the origins of COVID. It only killed a few million people. Let's move on. It's a sort of arrogance. And so in the same press conference, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House, responds to Kevin McCarthy and the other Republicans who are deeply concerned about the border, as I think, Any American with half a brain would be. And it's an enormous, enormous issue. And instead of saying, we're going to work with Leader McCarthy, or maybe we haven't done a good job. Yeah, clearly the numbers show that the border is wide open. No, 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 no. All they're doing is pointing the finger at Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans, as opposed to claiming any sense of responsibility for the disaster at our border. Listen to the arrogance of this answer from the White House press secretary to Kevin McCarthy. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about the White House yesterday, not focused on the border, but just focused on throwing barbs at Republicans, sort of a typical deflection measure. Take a listen. The question that we have for Kevin McCarthy, uh, who's soon to be who's soon to be Speaker McCarthy, um, you know, what is what is his plan? What is he doing uh, to help the situation that we're seeing? What what is his plan? He goes down there and he does a political stunt like many Republicans do that we have seen them do. But he actually is not putting forth a plan, a plan to help us, uh, you know, deal with an issue uh, that we're all seeing that you all are reporting. And then she basically said, you know what, it's just a political stunt. Uh, What border problem? 
What issue? I, I mean, this to me is so condescending. one 800 848 Let's go to Mark, line seven from Kansas, calling in here as we are leading into Thanksgiving. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Rita, long time no see. Thank you very much. And you too. You too. And happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, by the way, Mark. I think you'll recognize my voice. I think I may, Mark. I'm not sure, but go ahead. Keep going, Mark. Well, let's put it this, let's put it this way. If Trump gets elected, maybe you'll get your hard pass back and you'll have the office in the upper hallway. I'm not sure who this is. Wait a minute, Mark. Is this Mark who used to be a White House photographer? Yeah. Wow. By the way, everybody, you you are having the treat of hearing my old friend, Mark. Uh, am I able to say your last name, Mark? No. Okay. Mark is one of the greatest photographers. He used to cover the White House when I was there in Washington. Luckily, I kept my hard pass the entire time. I'm proud to say, and I know you did, too. Uh, but, Mark, how wonderful that you're calling in on this Thanksgiving. I didn't recognize it from Kansas, but how great to hear from you, my friend. So, now, as yeah, someone who has talking, covered... Talking about, talking about this press secretary, I'm sorry, but she's a total embarrassment. Yeah, she's a disaster. And here's she's Mark. You, you have covered so many. Listen, you covered around, a lot of them, Mark, too, so you know. longer than you have. I've seen more press secretaries than you have. and She's an absolute disaster. I'm sorry. I can't believe it. And nobody out here, uh, by the way, I live in the town that's the uh, founding town of Veterans Day, by the way, if you're interested. Beautiful. You that one up. Beautiful. Okay. All right. So you think about coming out here for Veterans Day. This is the founding town of Veterans Day out here. You won't talk about veterans. This is the place. Beautiful. Okay. Now, why is she, let me uh, ask you, why is she a disaster? Because I agree with you, Mark. You've seen a lot of them. She's just, she's just uh, I'm, I'm sorry, she doesn't know what she's talking about half the time. She comes out there, and she's not well prepared to answer the questions. And it's obvious that she doesn't cannot respond because she just blows the reporters off when they ask a question she doesn't know the answer to or can't respond to. Yeah, and as opposed to – and by the way, Mark, as opposed to addressing the problems at the border, she goes after McCarthy. It's like – uh, there's 5.5 million that have essentially crossed, they believe, under Biden. She's not addressing it. And and then when they asked about COVID, it was like, why are you asking about COVID? It's only killed a couple million people around the world. And, and she just shuts the reporter down. I mean, on one hand, though, Mark, you know, she's doing Biden's bidding or the Biden administration's bidding. It's not an easy job, Mark. Well, you know, when you throw those numbers out at 5.5 million people, that's the population of Kansas, Nebraska. South Dakota and North Dakota combined. Wow. That that is stunning. That is when you put it that way, that is absolutely stunning. Mark, you made my Thanksgiving. You're an old friend. I haven't talked to Mark. Uh, boy, what has it been like 10, 15 years? Um I 2016 con- convention in uh it was it Cleveland or Philadelphia in 2016. Oh, that's right. We ran into each other. That's right. That's right. We ran into it. That we ran into each other there. Mark Thank you so much. One of the great, great photographers covering the White House for years and my old friend. Take good care of Kansas. And I love that it's the home of uh, Veterans Day. How beautiful. All right. See you. Thank you, Mark. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thank thank you, Mark. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. How great is that? Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, Rita. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, who would have thought 
turkeys would become so expensive right after he elected some of them. <laughs> <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. Good point. Yep. Good you point. Know, Jen, Jen Psaki uh, was well, pre- well prepped and had some control of her emotions, even though she did toe the line most of the time. But when Corinne Jean-Pierre said, I'm done with you at the reporter, but I'm guessing she was thinking, I'm done with being a press secretary to this administration, which is feeding her to the dogs every interaction with the press. And she's playing a game of where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Yeah, you know what? That's why I, I have some sympathy for her, because just like you said, she has to be the mouthpiece. That's her job. She has to look at reporters with a straight face and say, uh, yeah, Joe Biden is cognizant. Joe Biden is not in mental decline. Joe Biden uh, remembers everything he says. Uh, Joe Biden doing a great job with gas prices and the economy. I mean, that's a hard job to do, Dom. Um, so yep. I have sympathy, but I, I agree with you that the prior one, Circle Back Saki, I think was much more eloquent and somehow could just kind of like talk her way out of it. Whereas this one, just kind of like you said, it's so blatant. She just cuts people off and moves on. You can imagine she probably goes home and goes, God, I need a shot of tequila today. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a tough one. You know, you know, actually, it, I, I really feel sorry for her, for the administration having chosen her for something besides merit. And they chose her for political reasons. And that's really shameful of Biden for having done that to her. That's all I can say about Corinne Jean-Pierre's. Yeah, yeah, she's got a tough one. She has got a tough one, uh, really, really tough. Dom, thank you very much. Have a great Thanksgiving. We really appreciate it. Thank you very yeah, much. You too. you too. Let's go to Teddy, line two. Ted, uh, happy Thanksgiving, first of all, Ted. Yeah, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And uh, I, I say that with uh, total sincerity. And But I would like to just say this, Rita. My girlfriend is listening, and, and she's been, you know, uh, bi- uh, unbiased in her thinking. But she says, Teddy, you have to tell this to Rita. She is consistently consistent in her support of every Republican idea and person that speaks and consistently consistent in being demagogic and denigrating every single Democrat idea and every single Democrat. And she's sitting right next to me, and her name is Lenore, and she would say this to you, and she never gets on the radio because that's not her personality. Well, Ted, hang on one second, since you're sitting there talking to... I'm having a hard time with Biden taking credit for gas prices. You have to admit to me, I'm one of those people, I call a spade a spade. If I thought he had done a great job with gas prices, I would sit there and say, wow, you know, that was great because I want what's great for America. But yet for him to be bragging that gas prices are down when his policies have created much of the issues tied to gas, um, you, you can't sit there and say his killing, you know, the energy industry and now, you know, depleting our strategic oil reserves have somehow been some brilliant economic strategy that we're not all feeling at the pump. I mean, that that is a reality that that is. And for the Democrats on the border issue, which is the other thing we've been talking about tonight, for them to say what border problem, basically. I mean, come on, it, that 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 defies logic. I don't mind, you know, I don't mind calling a spade a spade. And if a Republican, if, if somebody on Mars made the same comments, I would call them out. It's ridiculous. So go ahead, Ted, since you can speak for yourself. 
Uh, I agree. You see, here's the thing. I agree with you. We do have a major border crisis problem, and Mayorkas is not doing an adequate job to the level that, of expectations that people have. I agree with see, you. See, I think, I think, he's, I think he's doing the job. Ted, I think, Ted, I think he's doing the job that the Biden administration wants, because how else can you explain so many millions of people coming into the country illegally at the historic high rates that are not being checked, not being vetted? Many of these things. I I mean, to me, I think he's towing the party line that that's what the Biden administration wants him to do. But and, and the fact that the president hasn't even gone to the border, I mean, that's shocking, Ted. And, and that would that's Republican or Democrat. That's our national security. That that to me defies party. It, it, it's all about protecting the homeland. And how can you be a president of the United States and allow so many people to come in and also not even visit it and see it for yourself, like not care? That that to me is is very um, it's just very detached and very insincere to the American public, Teddy. All right. You have some points there. Let me ask you this. Is, are you going to support Trump or DeSantis? By the way, I don't tell anybody who I support, by the way. And I've, by the way, and you may have noticed, I have never told anybody in my entire life who I've ever voted for. I've always made that a policy. That, yeah. That's my that's my policy. And, and I'm sticking to it, Ted. But. Right now, if you look at the polls, clearly Trump is the guy in the lead. There's no question about it, at least on the GOP side. Ted, thank you. And listen, give Lenore a hug. And I always appreciate your calls, Ted, whether I agree with you or not. But I hope you and your wonderful girlfriend have a beautiful, beautiful Thanksgiving. Thanks, Ted. And we're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you see it all around here. Lots of points from all sides of the political spectrum. Do I know my music or what? 1-800-848-9222. And I even take calls from Ted and Stan. It's Thanksgiving. I'm grateful for all of you, even Ted and Stan. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about President Biden and see, that's why I like talking to people like Teddy, because I said, wait a minute, you can't say that the open border has not been a disaster for America. You can't say that the gas policies of this president and the lack of energy independence at a time where we're dealing with Russia and the whole issue with Russia, Ukraine and everything else, um, that that hasn't been a disaster for our country and for overseas. He agreed. See, so there's that's very nice. I hope him and Lenore are, are saying, well, I'm enlightened. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy on line four. Jim, first off, happy Thanksgiving. 
You, too, you always do a great job. You're so patriotic. You and I, we define ourselves, de de describe ourselves. We're Americans. A lot of the people on the left say they're Democrats. They're more, more loyal to the Democrat Party no matter what. So you could point out all the disaster Biden's doing, and then the other side says, what do you want? You want Trump? He has nasty tweets. They'll complain about what they say is nasty tweets, as if that's something bad that they could compare that to. Like, I got you. He does this. Meanwhile, their guy, look what their guy's doing. Listen. And by the, you, by the way, and, and, you know, even, even individuals aside, I'll take a nasty tweet over a nasty border, you know, exactly, any day exactly. of the week. Exactly. You mentioned a few weeks ago when I called you that if I had a website or something, I don't, but there is a guy that I, I give information to, and he's the best guy. If you want to look up your senator, your congressman, you want to look up Biden, Schumer, people like that, Key Wiki, Key like a lock, W-I-K-I, K-A-Y-W-I-K-I. That's Trevor Loudon. He writes books, uh, The Enemies Within. I, I submitted, I contributed to the book. He also has Barack Obama and The Enemies Within. You know, some of these people in our government work directly with people that the Iranian government says is their lobbying group in America. You've got people, senators, congressmen, who attend meetings of the Communist Party. This is all out in the open. They're not hiding it. Well, so and, and by the way, Jim, Biden, they could look it up. And Jim, by the way, too, you know, some people are saying, you know, some of these talking points seem awfully kind of like a communist country. Like here is how you shall speak with Joe Biden at the dinner table. If somebody brings up Joe Biden, um, you know, it, it's scary. But I'm glad you gave out that website, Jim, too, because you are always a just a plethora of information and we always love hearing from you. Happy, happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Let's go to Kevin, line three. Kevin, your thoughts about this. Go ahead, Kev. All right, reader. And uh, I want to let you know that I love Danishes in my coffee. Hey, and, uh, thank you very much. Kev is giving a shout out to my mother's side of the family, which is Danish. My father's side is Polish, as you guys know. And I'm a first generation American, which is why I love this country, Kev. Yeah, that, that's great. And the, uh, the thing for this country, I, I didn't predict, and I don't color code the politics, because one of the colors uh, it's color coded is really synonymous with communism. But the thing is, um, it's the issues that will carry the day. I'm a person who believes in the big issues of the day, and those issues are going to determine whether the people in this audience's their children or grandchildren will be living under lunatics who are leftists running the country or people who are truly patriotic and who really want to really truly want freedom in this country. Uh, Biden is a puppet for the left. The people coming through the border are future voters for the left. They know it. They're rebuilding the democratic party. That's why you could have high crime, high inflation, even though a lot of leftists don't even drive. They couldn't care less about the gas prices. Well, by the, and by the way, Kev, that's a lot of stuff to talk about at the table tomorrow and uh, Thanksgiving. Wow, wow, wow. Everybody happy Thanksgiving.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 